Let's put our hands together. Yeah, it's so good. You don't like being the center of attention. I'm so sorry. But I'll tell you, Aniston, if God put this whole service together just for you, that's how much he loves you. He did the whole thing for you. He loves you that much. And uh, as I'm preaching, you'll be praying that God will challenge others to join you. Because there are people sitting here today that should get baptized. You want me to call you out? <laughs> John the Baptist stood in the River Jordan. He said, you need to repent. You need to change. There's got to be a transition in your life. And to signify that, you need to be baptized. So there's no such thing as dry Christianity. It's all wet. It's, all, it's not like option. I, I'm taking the option of dry. It's all wet, everybody. We're continuing our series this month called 2020 Vision. Praying for clarity of vision for our personal lives and for our, our family life together here as a family of hope. We're praying that we will see clearly. When you go to the optometrist, you ever gone? They do that thing where they like say, does this or this? This or this? Is this clearer or this clearer? And some of you are seeing things, and God would like to say, no, no, you can actually clarify that. And uh, if you've ever heard a minister talk about vision, um, he probably has quoted uh, Solomon. You've probably heard this verse in any kind of vision talk. Anyone talks about vision. In fact, uh, last week your pastor used this verse. It's Solomon, and it's, it's just, where there's no vision, the people perish. How many have heard that verse before? Where there's no vision, people perish. I've heard business guys use it in a business talk. Where there's no vision, the people perish. I've heard sports guys, coaches, use Solomon's wisdom because there's wisdom. Where there's no vision, things tend to fall apart. But this verse has a truth beyond the truth. This is more than just sitting down at the beginning of the year with an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper and putting vision at the top and writing down your goals for the year. The Hebrew word for vision in this verse that Solomon, under the inspiration of the Spirit of the Lord, wrote, the Hebrew word for vision is chason. Let's try it. God bless you. Yeah, this, the, the, to really do it right, the C is silent. And you bring it right, you bring it from, you know where you bring it from. You know that, ha, you know that sound? It's, where, it's that, ha zone. Come on, if you, come on, let everybody give me a good ha zone. Now, if you did it right, you should wipe the person off in front of you. You should just like, it's dry you off right now. And it, it's, it's, it's about, there is a way to live a visionary life. And this verse is very key to it because hazon means not just having a vision, a goal. It's about receiving a revelation, a vision, primarily as a beginning point for a visionary life. It's seeing clearly who God is. 
the Spirit of the Lord is here, and he would like to show us in 2020 things about God that we didn't know in 2019. No one in this room has God completely figured out. No one, myself included. So as I stand on the brink of a new year, I don't want to perish. I don't want to fall apart. I don't want things to be out of control. I am praying that God will show me a fresh revelation, a fresh vision of who he is so I can know what he wants to do. The visionary process does not start with you writing down a list of goals and then asking for God to bless it. The visionary process begins with an encounter that God has with you and you have with God, and it changes everything. Hasson! Just look at, look at how some of the other translators, they sort of pick this up when they are translating this wisdom from Solomon, uh, where there is no revelation. No revelation of God, no revelation of his word, uh, the people cast off restraint. Without guidance from God, law and order disappear. The show is canceled. <laughs> some of you are like, what? Okay, some of you get me, some of you don't. Uh, where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. The Amplified Version, which takes the original language and puts a little more um, insight to it, says where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. But happy and blessed is he, and I'll put, and she, who keeps the law of the Lord. So as we begin this year, I want you to pray a prayer that the Lord will show himself to you in a way that will take your breath away. I would like you to have a breathtaking experience with the Lord. If you want just the same old thing as last year, you are in the wrong place. Hasson. Because I know this, if there is no fresh revelation of God, if there's no vision of God, you'll be a mess. In fact, some of you are here today and you are a mess. Your life is out of control. You're like, you need a hasson. Some of your emotions, your emotions are a mess. You need hasson. You need to see God. Some of you, some of you, your soul is so empty and you've come and thank God that someone invited you or you just came, but your soul is aching and it's empty. And I just, you need hasson. You need a vision of who God is. And we could study this in many passages of Scripture because it is repeated in the Scriptures. But we're going to go to a passage of Scripture where a prophet has this experience of hasson. And we're going to ask the Lord to challenge us to have that same experience. So we're going to go to uh, Isaiah, the sixth chapter. You can open your Bible or you, whatever you study the Word in. And we're going to see Isaiah's journey as he goes through three visions, and they're in order, and they're in order on purpose. The first vision that I would call all of us to receive in a fresh way today, and it would be a beautiful prayer every day, is, oh God, I want to see you. There's a chorus that just came to my heart that I used to sing when I just was a kid in youth group, open my eyes, Lord, 
I want to see Jesus. I want to see you, Lord. And Isaiah is a prophet, and it says in the sixth chapter, in the year that King Uzziah died, and that's not just filler, that's there on, on purpose. Uzziah, if you study the history, was actually in the way of this encounter. And anything that you have in your life that is in the way of you receiving a revelation, a vision of who God is, you need to let it go. It may be a relationship, it may be a material thing, it may be a resource thing, but Uzziah had to die before Isaiah received this vision. And what was his vision? When the year that King Uzziah died, when that happened, when that, some of you have been through trauma, this was traumatic, they were related actually, when that trauma happened, some of you have been shaken up, and the reason that God has allowed you to be shaken up is so you could have a revelation of God. So in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. It's our prayer. Hazel, a vision. I want to see more of God in 2020 than at any other year of my life. I want chazon, I want to see God. And, and here's how you'll see him, see how Isaiah saw him? He was on a, it's on the, in the Bible, you can read it. He's on a throne, which means he's in control. And some of you need to know that, some of you are, are, are overwhelmed with stress and anxiety, and I often encourage you, and I'll do it again, please resign from being in charge of the universe. Because when you see God, you go, he's in control. Man, that's so good. I can relax. God has, he's on the throne. Not only is he on the throne, his throne is high and lifted up. Can you see that? I saw the Lord, he was on a throne, and he was high and lifted up. That means whatever mountain, whatever challenge, whatever opposition you're facing in 2020, he is above it. I love when it says that the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord, is a name that's above every other name. If you're facing cancer, he's above it. You're facing financial challenge, he's above it. You're facing a diagnosis that the doctors don't know, he's above it. You're facing stuff nobody can figure out, he's above it. And then this kind of interesting word picture. And his train, or the train of his robe, you know what a train is? It's not It's, okay, have you ever been to a wedding? And they get like one of those really long things going down the aisle. The average train is six and a half to seven feet. Six and a half to seven feet, so for those who are getting married. Did, did, did anyone see, did anyone see um, Princess Diana's wedding? She had a train and a half. Hers was like halfway down the church. But let me give you, you come to church to get pertinent life information. The longest train, Guinness World Book of Records, the longest train, over 26,000 feet. I don't think anybody's wearing the thing, because you get 26,000 feet, I don't think you're pulling it. But in the ancient world, it would be well known by the Hebrews that a king, the train was a symbol of his authority and his power. 
And when a king went to war against another king and defeated that king, they cut off the losing king's train and they sewed it on to the winner. Whatever battle you are facing in 2020, his train fills the temple. He's already won. He's already the victor. If you could, if you could see him today, his train is filling this house. So whatever challenge you are facing, he's already won the victory. He's already cut the train off that dude, and he's put the train on the back end, and his train fills the whole place. Come on. His train fills. So this is, if you, if the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, and not naturally but supernaturally you begin to perceive the Lord, it will take your breath away. It will do something when you worship. It did it in heaven. As Isaiah stood there, he saw the Lord, his train filled the temple, his throne is high and lifted up, and there's beings, there's creatures, seraphim, there's angelic beings, and they're surrounding the throne, and it is doing something to them. They are worshiping with such intensity that it shakes the house. I said shake the house, and you're like, I'm telling you that if you invite the Spirit of the Lord to come upon you and give you a revelation of who God is, it will shake the house. It, it won't be the same. It won't be another worship service. I don't know the words. If you don't know the words, use these ones. They're easy to remember. Holy, holy, holy. And if you forget them, just say them again. Holy, holy, holy. They didn't stop. No, no, they didn't stop. Some of you, I see some of you. Is that one of these churches? Yes, it is one of those churches. Oh, they are much louder than you. Because some of you are going... What will people think? If you have hazon, if the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you and you truly have a revelation of God, you won't give a rip about what the people around you think. Even if you're the only one to get baptized, you won't give a rip. And you'll have the second part of a visionary process. He then sees himself. And if you're studying, if you have your Bible open, this will be a little easier for you to follow. He has a twofold vision. He has a vision of himself without God, and it's not pretty. And he has a vision of his life after God has touched him, and it's a healed life. Let's walk through it. The first thing, as he stops, watch this, as he stops comparing himself with everyone else, so we, we can sometimes look pretty good when we compare ourselves amongst ourselves. Hey, I'm doing a little bit better than you. I'm not so bad. 
But when any of us compares ourselves to almighty, all holy, all powerful God, we come to the same conclusion that, that Isaiah came to, whoa, I'm in trouble. Whoa, I'm lost. And it's important that we come to that moment of knowing that we are lost without God. We are ruined. We are ruined without God. True visionary people are not self-improvement people. They are people that say, without God, I am lost. But once you realize that, God does not want to leave you lost. God does not want to leave you broken. He wants to do what he did in Isaiah's life, and that is to bring fire, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. An angel took fire off the altar and touched Isaiah, and the Spirit of the Lord would like to come upon you. He'd like to reveal to you how lost you are without God, but God will not leave you there. He will touch you with the fire of the Holy Spirit, and the fire of the Holy Spirit will take away your guilt, and the fire of the Holy Spirit will atone. Because there's a transition. You start with a vision of God, brings you to a vision of yourself. Without God, a mess. And every once in a while, it's good to remember without God, I'm a mess. Don't live in that camp. Don't keep self defining yourself over there. Sometimes I meet Christians and they're all like, I'm a worm. No, no, because now the Spirit of God has touched you and you are in Christ. Because you ask Christ to come in you and you are in Christ. And there are a lot of verses, you can look them up, in Christ. And I wrote down just a few of them in your study guide so you'd know. You now have a new red definition of yourself. You now, you now are in Christ. Christ is in you. That means that you are a new creation. The old has gone. It's passed away. When you now see yourself, God has touched you. He's atoned for your sins. That's the work of Christ on the cross. And now you stand here and go, I am a new creation. Now you say, I am God's masterpiece. I'm in Christ. God don't make junk, and I'm not part of the junk pile. I am a masterpiece. Touch somebody and say, he's talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. You are, you are looking good today. In Christ, you're looking good. Without God, you're a mess. We have moved from the woe is me pile to the woe. Whoa, is that you? Now, when we understand it's all from God, we don't get the credit for it. He gets the credit. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking pretty good. But it's not me. It's the grace of God. It's the power of God. I'm a masterpiece. You're in God's family. You're not outside the family. You're in the family. You are a divine adopted son or daughter, divinely adopted son or daughter of the Most High God. I'm a family member. And he says, now we're studying Isaiah, but you could apply these three steps to any great man, woman of God in the Bible. You'll see they had a revelation of who God was. They understood God. It brought them to a revelation of who themselves were, and then they're ready to get out their 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper. Then they're ready to write some things down. Okay, what, what, okay, now it's not our agenda. We're asking God to bless. It's us following God's agenda, and we say, God, okay, what do you have for me in 2020? And I'm going to tell you, it's amazing. Because when you see God, he's amazing. And he does amazing things. 
He has amazing things planned for your life in 2020. The enemy is doing everything that he can do to keep you away from God's plans. And the Spirit of Almighty God is doing everything that the Spirit of Almighty God can to pull you into God's plans. So here's Isaiah, and after this encounter, he sees God, it radically changes him. And now he's able to hear the voice of God as the Lord says, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And the answer clearly, strongly. (laughs) Did you hear it? I heard it. That was a prophetic utterance right there. That was a little voice saying, hear him. I understand, baby. Hear him. Hear him. Come on, can you say it? Hear him. Here I am. Send me. Here I am, send me. People throughout history have heard the the Lord just say, okay, I've got an idea for you. You need to walk in my power. David Livingston got such a burden for Africa that years ago he moved to Africa and he gave his life in Africa. He died in Africa from disease that he got as he was serving as a passionate Christ follower, changing a continent When he died, the African people loved him so much, they said, you must leave his heart in Africa. And they shipped Jonathan, Jonathan, him too, yeah, both of them. (laughs) David Livingston, uh, 63 days it took them to ship his body back, but his heart was left in Africa. His heart is buried today in Africa because the African people said, you gave us your heart. You were a... Here I am, send me. Hudson Taylor, years ago, a European heard the Lord saying, who can I send to China? He moved to China when it wasn't easy. They didn't fly and they got on boats and they went for life. And he went to China and he dressed as a Chinese person and he ate Chinese food. He brought it back to America. No, he didn't. (laughs) He lived, he lived amongst the people because he loved the people. William Booth saw down and out people that God loved, and he said God has a plan for their lives, and he founded the Salvation Army because he was, here am I, send me, here am I, send me, here am I. I don't know the idea that God has for you, but I know it's glorious, and I know, I know the idea that he will put in your mind. I know the concept will be to reach people who are far away from God and see them come into the kingdom of God. We need in 2020, here am I, send me people who have a clear vision of God, who know who they are before God and who they are after God and lift their voice and say, here I am. Here I am. This year, God. This year's for me. I'm going to wrap up with this first New Testament that Paul gives to us. It's a, a same concepts. You'll see them. Same concepts. As he asks us to, um, he urges us, so I'm, and I'm scripturally urging you. This is God's voice speaking, not mine. I urge you. God urges you. Spirit of God urges you. Spirit of the Lord urges you. Brothers and sisters, family of God. In view of God's mercy. If you see God today as an angry, mean, malevolent, waiting for you to mess up personality, you're not seeing him right. When you get a fresh revelation of God, you'll see him 
as Jesus describes him in Luke 15 as the loving, gracious Abba, the Papa who is waiting and praying for the prodigal to come home and has mercy. If you're in this house, God has mercy for you. What is mercy? It's another chance. You blew yesterday's chance, good news. His mercies are new every morning. Sun got up today, new mercy. Another chance, another opportunity. In view, lift your eyes, off of yourself, off of your doubts, off of your fear. In view of God's mercy, then there's a transformation in yourself. You see God, how glorious is he, how great he is. Then you offer your bodies as living sacrifices. You get on the altar. You give your life to Christ, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. The enemy is always trying to get you to compromise. And the best way not to compromise is to keep a fresh vision of who God is. He pulls you forward while the enemy pulls you back. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me just ask you, who is sitting on the throne room of your mind? Who's there? Who is it? And if your thoughts are filled with anxiety and fear and anger, those are all crappy thoughts. I'm just going to tell you, there's, there's a lot of human thinking on how to get rid of crappy thoughts. I'm just telling you, Isaiah saw God. He had some thoughts about himself. He saw himself clearly. Whoa. Then he was renewed by the Spirit of God, and he saw himself as forgiven and atoned for and empowered so that when God asked him, he could say, send me. There are things that you are trying to fix through human ways that will never get fixed. They'll only get fixed with a clear revelation of God and an ousting of your crappy thoughts off the throne and putting Christ on the throne. Some things will only get fixed that way. Renew your mind. You're on the throne, you're high and lifted up. Your thoughts, Christ, you are actually thinking, as the Bible says, you have the mind of Christ. His thoughts are above the challenge you're facing. Higher thoughts. You'll renew your mind and you'll be able to test and prove God's will. God's will for 2020, what God wants to do, the things he wants to accomplish, the clarity of this year. God, what do you want me to move into? What ministry should I be a part of? What teams should I join? Which one should I be a part? What should I be a part of? The perfect, pleasing will of God. I just pray that 2020 will be a year of God's perfect will in your life. In view of God's mercy, we're transformed in ourselves so we can accomplish his will. You'll see that pattern over and over and over again in Scripture. And I pray in 2020 it'll be the pattern of your life. And I pray as the Spirit of the Lord is in this room, you'll just receive, as we begin this year, a fresh revelation, a fresh vision of who the Lord is. So with that in mind, we close our eyes, we open our hearts. Spirit of God, just flow like a, a river in this room. Speak to us. Speak to me. 
Give me ears to hear what you're saying to me about my life. The crap I have to unload so that Christ can be central, Christ can be my king. The renewal of my mind that needs to take place to see myself as I used to be, but not as I am, because today I'm in Christ. And I would like to invite everyone in the room to be in Christ. I'd like you to be God's masterpiece. I'd like you to be a child of God. I'd like you to have a new, let the old things go, the old things go. I'd like there to be a new creation aspect to this day. And so we put our faith and our trust in Jesus. And we pray a prayer together, a community prayer, a faith prayer. And I'm going to lead in the prayer and we're going to pray it together as a family. For some, it'll be a beginning point of a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. For others, it'll be a renewal. Maybe you've been a prodigal. His mercies are new every morning. God has enough mercy to run down the road, throw his arms around you, and bring wholeness and healing to you this day. And so we pray this prayer together. I'm going to lead and ask everyone, everyone to pray and open your heart to the Spirit of God. So we say out loud, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name because I really need you. I open my heart, my life, my soul to Jesus Christ. I repent of my sins. I leave them behind. I turn away from them. And I turn towards you, Lord, to receive your love, your grace, your forgiveness, your salvation. Jesus, you are my Savior, and Jesus, you are my Lord. Now, Holy Spirit, help me to follow Jesus every day of my life. To the glory of God, we pray. Hallelujah, 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 amen. Praise be, yes, praise be. Yeah, praise, come on, we can, come on, let's really do that. We're going to do it. So the Spirit of the Lord has been with us today, life-changing. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would, with me. If you've just received Christ, you should get baptized right away. No, seriously, that's what they did in the Bible. I like that dude that was traveling along in his chariot, went by a little mud puddle and said, Hey, I can get baptized. Philip said, Yeah, sure you can. We got better than a mud puddle even. We're going to take nice pictures. We want to celebrate new life, so we're going to do that in Jesus' name. And uh, love you. Pray this year is a year of clarity, of vision. I really, I've been praying for fresh revelation, fresh revelation of who God is. Nobody here has God figured out, but we want to move in a deeper way into the things of the Lord in 2020 than we ever have in the history of the church. So let's be open to what the Spirit of the Lord is doing, what He's calling us to in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. All right, we're going to baptize.